Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Audrey, it is just so exciting. We have not taken Tech Vibe Radio on the road in quite a while. And well, I'm so we excited. had to wait for springtime. We did. We had to and wait for springtime. We were remanded for the winter. That's oh. what it was. Remanded <laughs> for the winter. I love it. It's true. So yes. we are hanging out with Huntington Bank for our Tech Vibe neighborhood tour here at LifeX, whose mission is to help reduce the global disease burden. Fantastic work going on here and across Pittsburgh's life sciences and across mm-hmm. Southside. We can't tell these awesome stories without Huntington Bank getting behind us and saying, hey, come over here and tell some stories. Like, okay, we'll do it. <laughs> I love it. It's too and much And it's fun. exciting because the stories that we've been talking about today are really tied to the future and not just being diminishing the work that's gone on in tech, but these are really life-changing solutions. And the community needs to get around it. They really need to wrap their heads around the work that these scientists are doing. And getting scientists out of their natural habitat into the commercial world isn't really easy. No, it's as not. you well know. Yeah. In terms of Huntington Bank and helping, you know, small businesses. Exactly. And we Absolutely. Have, we have Lindsay Cost here from Huntington Bank. And thanks for hanging out with us to get the show into high gear. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. We're, we're very committed to spreading the word and getting these scientists, as you say, out into the commercial space and the messaging of what they're accomplishing here in the community. They're untold stories, and we get to tell them. Yeah, they really are untold. And, And, you know, a lot of these people who have actually come up through science and academics are not used to talking about what they're really working on other than in their academic settings or through papers or through their colleagues. And now they have to sort of tell the world what they're working on. And there are many people who don't understand the kinds of problems that they're solving in academic speak. So it's so cool for us to be able to talk to them and break it down so that you and I can understand what it is that they're trying to solve. And they need money. They do. I mean, they really need money in all shapes and sizes. And I know Huntington Bank's been the region's preeminent in terms of Small Business Association 7A loans and helping women and underrepresented people get access to money. Access to capital is a huge part of what we at Huntington are committed to doing here in the small business community. But the way that we can support businesses thriving and the communities thriving crosses the gamut of just the access to capital, which we are very excited about. But what we're doing here today and the opportunity to get to support the, the community towards and supporting the promotion of what they're doing and help your support in being their mm-hmm. advocates That's and, a, and a, a launching pad for their messaging is so meaningful. And we're so excited to be a part of that because we view our mission at Huntington to be um, a supporter of our community in the sense that the businesses in the community form the community. They hire the community. They right. support the community. As we help the businesses 
thrive, we're helping our communities right. grow. And what, that's absolutely. exactly what and, we're and what better part of the community than our life sciences community, who are they're building some really tough companies here that take decades to build, but they're improving the quality of people's lives and what good is a community if everybody's sick, <laughs> if people aren't feeling well? And this industry, I think, is just aimed right at that sweet spot of like impacting people and the world in so many positive ways. And Huntington Bank gets right behind it with us to tell these stories. Absolutely, Jonathan. You get, we get excited to share the success of any, any firm that's really growing the community. But there is certainly something special when you're talking about reducing the disease burden. Exactly. And how right. that impacts right. future generations. Small, small thing like small that. Small thing like that. Exactly. That is a meaningful contribution right. that these, these firms right. are making, these, these, these innovators are making. And we are excited about, about what they're doing. And it's just fascinating to hear some of the projects that they're working on and how they can delve into these problems that you Frankly, as a layperson without experience in the life sciences, I'm not even aware that these really were meaningful problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. To right. understand that, but they're, they're also digging into these solutions. Exactly. And innovating in this way is, is very thrilling. So what are some of the things that you do in your role at Huntington that people would be not just, they'd be surprised to hear, but they need to know? Well, I think that what I'm, my role at Huntington as our SBA product specialist is to provide capital for firms that are in a really entrepreneurial space. Mm-hmm. What that means for firms like this is that I help provide debt solutions for firms that are growing or even starting up. Huntington has injected in the Pittsburgh community, we injected $35 million in capital to, to firms using this program last year. That's which, amazing. And these Very are firms cool. that are our startup, and they discount their opportunities, and their advisors don't think that there's necessarily bank funding. Right. right. Yeah, it's, it's often overlooked, really, it seems like, but you need to look at that first. And it can be really impactful for the innovators themselves, because when you're thinking about debt funding versus you know, equity raises, it can be a meaningful decision matrix that they need to mm-hmm. weigh into. Right. How much of the enterprise, frankly, do they get to maintain control over to help for, fulfill their vision right. to the end stage. And that's why I always say, don't be shy. Reach out and contact Lindsay. Like, these people want to help. They want to hear from you. Don't feel like you can't navigate these channels to find out you know, if there's a good fit as far as that is. And so what's some of the profile of the SBA 7s? Are there well, any kind of generalities that maybe you can tease us with? Well, it's exciting that you can use the program when there are limited fixed assets. So when you're talking about... Oh, that's the, great. Yeah, we can fund un, basically unsecured commercial loans. We have to take whatever collateral is available mm-hmm. by the program. But it means that for firms where the assets are intangible, they are IP, exactly. then we can still look to leverage this as a funding solution to make projects work. So we can use the funds for payroll. You can use the funds to oh, cover... Wow. The, the rent in it, not just fixed, you know, bankable programs mm-hmm. like buying equipment. Certainly, we can do that with the program, right. but it can handle a lot of the intangible working capital. The daily operation stuff, right? Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Now, there, the the program is not for all startups. Right. It's always a question of a conversation and whether it's the right fit exactly. for the program. Right. But it can surprise some firms to think that this might be an option for no, them. No, I encourage people to do that. They should have a conversation with you and your team. Because there are things that typically when you are starting a company, you don't know everything. And you think that there's one pathway just because you have that information coming at you. 
think what you don't understand is there's different ways to think about how you want to own your company and grow it. Absolutely. And we aren't a, a one-solution institution. So the conversation may mean, hey, you're not, this isn't the right program for you, right. but I can still provide you some guidance that another client of ours has done. We still have some other options right. for you to exactly. consider. That's why it's so important. Conversation have the conversation. Reach out. Go to Huntington.com and check it out and learn more. And I can't thank you guys enough for making our show tonight at LifeX possible because we couldn't do it without you. And we have some important conversations and we're kicking it off with Evan Thatcher, who's the interim CEO of LifeX. He's going to tell us the latest on LifeX and really how this place functions and how it's helping life sciences really rocket forward here in the Pittsburgh area. And like I said, these are important stories, Audrey. I cannot wait to get on with it. Simple as that. So, And Lindsay, thank you so much thank for being so part much. of this. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Audrey. You guys are a tremendous resource out there for the tech world, and you need to know Huntington's out there to help you out. Simple as that. So anyhow, we're taking a quick break, and we are coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio on location at LifeX in Pittsburgh's historic Sasside. I had to say it that way just for fun, right? Can I say it that way? No one's laughing. Well, the rest of the world won't know what you mean. <laughs> they probably won't, but I did. So <laughs> That's mm-hmm. so funny. Anyhow, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, bringing you Tech Vibe Radio every single Friday night. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Welcome back, everybody. Audrey, it is too much fun when we take the show on the road to LifeX on Pittsburgh's historic south side with Huntington Bank. We get to have so much fun with Huntington. This is great. It's great to be back in this I space. I don't know if I can mention that. You should. But this think- is great space. This is uh, Maya Design's space after they left um, Sydney Street. And they were pioneers. Maya tends to be pioneers in lots of ways, not just uh, space. So we're sitting here in the Kiva. And the Kiva is a round room contained with all whiteboards. And uh, it has capability to capture almost anything that you write on the walls. I don't know if they still have that system rigged up in here. No, you don't, according to our maestro, who we're going to talk to <laughs> exactly. in a Exactly. Who is he's, that maestro, Audrey? Yeah. He's going to say, nope, we don't have that. Yeah. No. But let me, let me pass the baton. It's great to be here. And uh, it's great to be here at LifeX to talk about what's happening. We're glad to have you both here. Excited to talk about what we're doing. Yeah. So Evan Thatcher, you're a man with many hats, as we said before. You do so many things while being the interim CEO of LifeX here. Who is Evan Thatcher? So I am in my day job. I'm the vice chancellor for innovation and entrepreneurship at Pitt. I'm also the director of the Innovation Institute. And starting about three months ago, I was asked uh, to serve as an interim CEO for for LifeX, given the connection between what LifeX is doing and and what we're attempting to do at the university as well. I mean, yeah, Pitt and life sciences are like, they just go hand in hand. So let's, so let's dive in, right? So we're here at LifeX, so why don't we start with that okay. and talk about what the vision of LifeX is. So a lot of the reasons why LifeX was, was created was due to some of the output from the Brookings Report that basically said we are punching above our weight as it relates to new ideas in the life sciences coming from the region. So if you just look in that 1.7 square mile region of Oakland that contains Pitt and CMU and UPMC, over 30% of the total university R&D for the entire state of Pennsylvania is in that little tiny area. And because of that, and because of the health system, and because of the way Pitt has from a, from a National Institute of Health Funding perspective, there are so many life sciences ideas that are being generated in that little footprint. And the challenge has always been taking those ideas and then making sustainable companies of them and keeping them in the region. 
So the goal was how do you take those ideas and make sure they go through the university systems, but they, they, that they stay here. And one of the missing elements was once they get out of the university's hands, we give them a pat on the back and a congratulations and a good luck. And <laughs> good luck. No, Tell us how that works out. There, there's no safety net for them. And right. while they're inside the university systems, they have years of safety nets and they have right. years of working with us. And then they get the door and we say, see you later. And they say, well, what do we do next? Life sciences is, is very complicated. And they didn't it have is. that amount of help. It is. And talk about that a little bit. Because, you know, people think, oh, you know, th- this is what commercialization looks like. Or there are people who are listening and have no clue. Sure. So life, so the average time to take a therapeutic from idea to the market is probably over a decade and probably costs near a billion dollars. And that's because life sciences projects are so complicated because we have an idea that's going to eventually get into somebody's body and we have no idea how it's going to work or how it's going to react. Using animal studies are useful, but until it's in humans, we really don't know what the impact is going to be on humans. So in order to make sure that there's safety and then there's some kind of efficacy, we have to test large numbers of humans. And that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of uh, specific capability related to clinical trial design, regulatory reimbursement, things that aren't as straightforward as programming something in a, in, in a computer code or, or making some kind of piece of hardware. You have all these additional regulatory burdens you have to deal with. It's people's lives after all. And, and uh, obviously all the testing and the horizons take so long for yes. that. Which is why I think it's amazing that we have these resources here in Pittsburgh, because you said having all of this capability and now to really be able to focus that and help these companies stay on that path. It's amazing. And the idea is how do we give them that help that they need over the longer period of time? So what happens in the safety net? So inside of the safety net, there are, A, it's the creation of an ecosystem. So there's this convening effect where we're trying to get more and more of these companies to be either physically here, they can rent office space, more like a co-working space, or we have events, we bring outside speakers, we have office hours, we have these Tuesday bio breakfast. So we want this to be a place where people that are in that space can come. If they're portfolio companies, they get additional uh, help from entrepreneurs and residents. They can uh, they can get access to other services that, that are provided here that just someone off the street may not may not get. But it's very analogous to what we're doing on a campus perspective where you get access to an individual that can help continue to hold your hand. You can get additional education and additional training. But here it's really specifically focused on on the life sciences needs or the life sciences education. And so for our our listeners, define life sciences. Mm -hmm. So for us, life sciences is really... Any technology that is going to provide a healthcare benefit to an individual. So it could be a drug. It could be a medical device. It could be a piece of software that's used in, in the hospital system. So it's anything really that is going to help a human live a, live a better life in one form or another. So it is. It's actually fairly broad. It is pretty broad. Mm-hmm. And are there examples of this other places in the country? Yes. So a lot of... A lot of the more successful regions that do life sciences that we know of, the Bostons and, and the San Francisco's um, and the Research Triangle Parks and the DCs, they have these other organizations that are not within side of the university that provide this kind of help and this kind of service and, and really try to take these ideas from where they're created locally and, and, and have them stay locally and, and grow up and be successful. 
And having the university behind that, I think it's just absolutely amazing. And to have this resource here, it's just so great. You talked before about the community, which I think is so important because the men and women that are building these companies, I mean, it's like trench warfare. Yes. I mean, it is, you said, a decade for someone to build a company and, and the tenuous path that must be on and to have other people they can who've been there done that I know some of the folks we're going to have on today you know they're they've been down that road so to have those people all stopping by being in the same building some from time to time must be huge yeah kind of keeping the morale up and the the, the hood ornament pointing forward right it's, yeah because we, we have this cross-section of individuals we've got someone who who you'll talk to who was an undergraduate their work in their undergraduate uh, field at Pitt was something that they then created a company around. So this is someone who a few years ago was a senior in college, and now he's the CEO exactly. of a medical device company. It's awesome. All the way through folks that may have been repeat entrepreneurs, and they're doing it again, and they're here as well. So you get this. It couldn't, have be, it couldn't really be a broader mix, but it allows all those individuals to see things from different perspectives. Yeah. So in your day job, yes. what's your day job? So my day job at, at Pitt is really overseeing the commercialization infrastructure of the university. So all the intellectual property that's created on campus, all of these ideas that will eventually emanate here, taking those technologies, assessing which ones we want to move forward with, which ones are going to become new companies, we'll license a, a large number to existing big companies. So it's taking that nearly billion dollars of R&D that's happening on Pitt's campus. This is like number three, isn't it? In, in, huge. From, from a National Institutes of Health perspective. Right. right? We're, we're that's in just, that, and that's right here in Pittsburgh, in Oakland. This is just so amazing. Sitting right next to the, one of the largest healthcare systems in, in the U.S. That's why exactly. kind of this LifeX idea right. has been a long time coming. We have one of the top healthcare systems and one of the top right. uh, research institutes. And a lot of those ideas don't stay here. They they go elsewhere. We want exactly. to keep them all local. Keep them all here. And that's what you guys are doing. Amazing stuff. I, first off, we're so glad you're doing what you're doing. Right. That's so what Pittsburgh. do you do for fun? Yeah. What do you do for fun? This is fun. <laughs> Look at this. We have the opportunity to really change the, the region and the innovation economy. And there's, exactly. We think that we have such a upside opportunity that we're starting to take advantage of that this is, this is fun. This is exciting. Love it. Super, this is great. Any cool. any other interesting things going on at the university that you want to share? Lots of interesting things. What's Just the, yesterday you, alone, yeah, we had reveal day. We officially announced the new, the return of the retro colors for Pitt on ah, a permanent basis. Very cool. Real, what are the retro colors? It's more of the, the 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 yellow and the and and the blues versus kind of the the gold and the and the darker blue. So oh. all the older colors are coming back. Big party on Bigelow yeah. yesterday. Unveiled the new Nike. Uh, store that we have on right on campus. Oh, right. And Love it. That's exciting. Did you bear cool. gifts? There are lots of things going on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very cool. <laughs> hey, we got to take a break. We're coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio from LifeX here in the South Side, brought to you by Huntington Bank. They make the Tech Vibe Radio Neighborhood Tour TNT happen. So glad to have those partners. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. Oh my goodness, Audrey. I just love being able to hang out here at LifeX. It's like a bit of a reunion for you. Come it back. is. I love being here. This is old Maya space. I know. And sitting here in the Kiva, makes being for, sequestered in here. Yeah, it makes for a great place to interview people. It is. It is. It's great. The sound is great in here, too. It is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, know, I just love being able to learn about some of these new companies, just knowing that LifeX is here starting to build and grow itself. You think of all that research that's happening over at the University of Pittsburgh, and how they're taking that and, yeah, and turning it into companies and using this to help accelerate the companies and connect them? Well, it's also not easy. It's not easy when, very often when we talk about these other tech companies that are like in 
in robotics or their apps or, you know, right. it's an AI, whatever it may be. We always say, take advantage, get to know them, use their products, right. connect them with right. opportunities. It's not so easy yeah. with companies that are in life sciences. That's when a- people are trying to solve these really complex problems for a particular niche situation or a health failure. Exactly. It's just not that easy. And that's just like our next segment. So we had Joe Pugar from Aruga Technologies. He couldn't make it in, so I said, you've got to come to our podcast right. studio at the place. And he's solving a really tough problem. Actually, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, for bypass surgeries, the idea of, of grafting in vessels, mm-hmm. actually creating an artificial vessel that functions ah. like a real vessel, actually replicating the interior of these vessels, just like the human ones, where when it constricts, it creates these, these channels and then that allows the, the vessel to clear out. And the current ones in the market don't do that, right. so they clog up a lot easier. Really? And this guy is just out of just out of mm-hmm. Pitt's uh, engineering department and got That's the inspiration real for this company. Real basic plumbing. Real basic plumbing, but super tough but problem to solve. And you know, you've got to you've got to test it in animals. You've got to test it, go through a process yeah. that's quite complex. So and he, these things cost our medical systems and lot. our insurance companies a lot exactly. of money. So he's actually starting with the dialysis market because I guess for the different different stents they put into you, they need something that they can be used over and over again. So he's starting with that to prove they can be used for bypass. So he's got a great story. Wow, that's let's, a great story. Let's check it out right now and see what he has to say. Yep, so we are talking to Joe Pugar here from Aruga Technologies. And I'm so glad you're able to talk with us and be part of our broadcast tonight because you're building a really cool company. And I cannot wait for you to tell our listeners about everything that you're doing and about your background because you're definitely a dynamic guy. Just having fun talking to you before actually hitting the record button here. This is so much going on. I'm like, we got to cram this into ten minutes. So welcome and thanks for hanging out with us, Joe. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. So, so glad first to be here. Off, what's your background, Joe? You're an engineering student at one point. And you had an idea for a company, and dang it, you're building one. Yeah. So actually, Pittsburgh born and bred. I uh, grew up in the North Hills of Pittsburgh. University of Pittsburgh and engineering was sort of always the dream. And gotcha. when I got in, definitely wanted to pursue it. Um, but along the way, um, started getting really involved in a science called biomimicry, which is the – What is biomimicry? Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it's a really big buzzword right now. It's a, it's a field of science that's growing, and it's a good thing that it is because it's nature-inspired engineering. So basically saying we want to engineer and design technologies for the future. Low energy is, and sustainability is an important part of technologies of the future. Well, what does things the most low energy and the most sustainable around us? Nature. Over you know, 3.8 billion years of evolution. You say, Mother Nature is the master engineer, right? I mean, yeah. She's figuring stuff out. 3.8 billion years of R&D that's just at <laughs> our fingertips. <laughs> Why don't we inspire the new technologies of the future the same way nature solves those problems? And that's exactly what Aruga does when it comes to the vascular system, right? right? Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're designing the vascular implants of the future. And really what we wanted to do is we wanted to make a synthetic vascular implant for a bypass surgery or a dialysis access surgery. And there's a huge need for this too, right? Huge need. I mean, it is coronary artery bypass is the leading cause of artery disease in the world. If a patient needs to be opened up and do bypass around their surgeries, unfortunately, their surgeon has to harvest vein from elsewhere in their body. Would they go like their leg or something like that? And they got to do an incision there. Yeah. So I actually had an uncle about four months ago and, you know, they really say that you're, you know, the entrepreneur's pitch is really when it starts to hit home. Exactly. And this is when it hit home for me. I had an uncle that found out he needed a coronary bypass surgery. So that means five bypasses around his heart. He had to be opened up in both of his forearms, both of his calves and his abdominal. And then they opened up his heart just to do 
do the surgery. Oh my! He's he was like filleted, man. That's right. crazy. Scars everywhere. So really, what Aruga's trying to do is make it so that when that surgery needs to be done, an off-the-shelf prosthetic can be used, and only you need to open up the patient once, and then do the five bypasses around their heart right. with a purely synthetic, very convenient. Talk material. about less invasiveness, saving money, improving the quality of life, right. faster recovery time. Mm-hmm. So what I love about about your product is that it mimics nature, as you were talking about before. Mm-hmm. So you're building something that actually functions like an actual blood vessel. That's and this is thing that I learned by going to your website, that I didn't realize how blood vessels work and how they're, they're, they're shaped on the inside and mm-hmm. their texture, which leads to the name of your company. So i got this multi-pronged question here. Sure, <laughs> I'm yeah. too excited. So, yeah. so first off, tell us about how vessels actually look inside and how you're mimicking that and how that ties into the name of your company. (laughs) So when we think of, um, you know, arteries and veins, we think of a network of, you know, to take blood throughout the body. And we usually think of these very static pipes almost is how we sort of make an analogy in the head of them. But our arteries are very living. Of course, they're in our bodies. They're very dynamic. They pulse. They move. They're imperfect. They don't have these very you know, symmetric shapes. And that's exactly what we studied. We wanted to say, okay, what are arteries doing that we're born with that the artificial implants we're implanting aren't doing? And what we notice is that they expand and contract with every heartbeat. And even as they expand and contract when they're at those contracted pressures, the inside lumen or the inside surface of these arteries are very smooth. But when they contract these corrugations, these the wrinkles, ridges and these, stuff, right? Yeah, this topography generates at the surface. Well, this is evolution's self-cleaning mechanism. Ah, so when they when they crinkle up, it, it releases plaque and other things like that that would normally like stick. Right. So in addition to the complex biochemistry and the materials and, the, and and sort of all those other things, this is a our body's purely physical geometric approach to keeping those surfaces clean of infectious materials, platelets, other clots, and things right. that will eventually make these vessels go down. So that's a couple hundred thousand years of engineering going on right there. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so this ties into the name of your company then, which I think is so <laughs> cool because this, this ties into that those ridges right. and that topography that's inside these vessels. So yeah. tell us about that. Aruga is actually Spanish for wrinkle, the word wrinkle. And because Aruga was so close to artery, it was one of these things where when we were brainstorming about a name um, for the for the company, because we did really wanted something that was going to be as elegant and as you know sort of seamless and simple as what our design is. I mean, yeah. we're just mimicking nature. Exactly. So I think when... Aruga, just mimicking nature. <laughs> so, <laughs> so simple. <laughs> right. So when uh, we found out that aruga was Spanish for wrinkle, and when aruga sounded so much like artery, and it was simpler, and it was a lot more elegant than our previous name, which was Topo Systems. Oh, that much better name. Not proud of. But yeah, that, that was <laughs> you got to start somewhere. We were academics at the time. We had no idea. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, we're, we're really happy with the name. I think that it's something that people will also be able to, you know, connect. They'll be able to hear that name. And if they know, oh, those are the guys that are doing the wrinkling, exactly. wrinkling graphs. Those are cool. So awesome. Man. Yeah. I just love it. So you've been a uh, part of LifeX for a while now. Tell us what that means to be hanging out at LifeX and how that's helping you, you know, build your company more successfully, helping you make connections, all that kind of good stuff that you need. Yeah. So Cause I'm, you're not building a simple company here. I, I got to tell our listeners that building any company is super tough. Mm-hmm. Building a life sciences company, a device company, you know, those are the toughest ones to build because you're talking about dealing with the human body. And right. so the Many horizons are away. so much longer to actually get to an event where you're, market, where you're in the marketplace and making money. Yeah. So I think uh, well, of everything you said is absolutely correct. And there's a lot of challenges that await us a lot. There's a long road ahead. But in order to get that done, I think placing, especially as early as we are type companies in a co-working space, and, and I'm talking about the general, you know, 
good pros of a, of a co-working space. Being able to talk to people that have done this before, being able to you know be in a dynamic environment, chat with people, not be you know locked up in your you know in your office all day, steaming away you know away you know twelve hour work days. You can sort of start to go crazy after a while. Just so, a little bit, sure. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> so I think being there, being able to ask people that have done this before, the the veterans of the life sciences startup game, whenever you're having a bad day or whenever you don't know what to do, it's invaluable. I mean, the information there, to be able to have it in a conversation rather to spend over an, you know, an hour, hour and a half researching it online or something like that, hey, what should I do with this FDA approach? What should I do with this manufacturing guideline? you got a community around you. You go and you have a 15-minute conversation with someone. It's a real experience, and it, it, it's just this validated source of information, and it, it really gets you excited for the challenges, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Because when they do present themselves, even though they're very daunting at first and we've never done this before, we know that we're in an area of people that not only are going to support us, but even accelerate us through that That's challenge. what I'm talking That's why I think LifeX is so important yeah. to have that here in Pittsburgh to help companies like yours kind of move forward. We've got a couple minutes left, and I'm just so curious about like where you are in the stage of getting your, your uh, product to market. I know you're starting first with the dialysis market, correct? Yeah, so even though coronary artery bypass and being able to supply a an off-the-shelf device there is our home run. That is our end, end goal. That has been the holy grail of yeah. sorts of the vascular the inspiration surgery. to get it going, right? Absolutely, because that's never been done before. But especially from our startup perspective, a really capital-efficient pr- approach to bring such a new and it's going to need to be an it's, adopted technology. It's disruptive as well, too. Very disruptive. We found out that dialysis access surgeries, which it uses a very similar type of device, but now gets implanted in a patient that's going to be on hemodialysis's right. arm. And that's and then somebody then who's, who's having blood, they're, they're, they're having their, their blood filtered out like on a regular basis. Right. So they're always four being, times a week. They're always being tapped into, so they need something that's a little more solid than just a vein, right? Right. Yeah. Well, sometimes veins are used, that's called an AV fistula, but okay. also AV grafts are used and they're significantly more convenient. So being able to introduce our longevity and performance value to those devices is very important for us as a first indication of use. And then we want to work up the complexity exactly. to the home run. And that and gets that you into the market. That, that gets doctors and clinicians knowing what you do. And then you start learning things from that that you oh. know you can apply towards doing the bypass and then, stuff. Yeah. And then the adoption right. and the ability to scale up is autocatalytic uh, of a sort. You know, once we, ha- we show efficacy early on in those dialysis studies that are a little bit lower risk, quicker exactly. through regulatory approval. Very cool. We get to sort of build up the the steam engine. That is so exciting. If people learn more about where can they go and check you out? Right. So uh, www.arugatechnologies.com. Cool. Um, that's our website. But I'm also on LinkedIn. The company's on LinkedIn. It's yeah. definitely where people, if they want to get the latest on us, can go go find out. We, we tend to give the highlights. We'd like to provide highlights definitely. every couple of months. So it, it is updated pretty Keep regularly. Keep track of it, yeah. And uh, we're excited to share some some good news, hopefully, in the coming months. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Hopefully there'll what, be some good stuff on We there. need 100 more Joe Pugars here in Pittsburgh doing what you're doing because it's, it's men and women like you that are really making Pittsburgh tick these days. And I'm so glad I got to talk to you and, and learn more about what you're doing. Transformative stuff. Thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate you having me. Very, very cool. Oh, my goodness, Audrey. Sometimes certain people show up to Tech Vibe Radio. You never know who's going to stop by Tech Vibe Radio. People maybe we've known for quite some time. Maybe it's somebody who was a, a somebody who's a, a former boss or something like that. Somewhere. Yeah, he was, he was my boss. I know. Wow. Exactly. We have John Great Freeland. boss. Yeah, my claim to fame is like, who was the chair at the Tech Council when we hired Audrey. So I know. They have me to blame here, Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So you crazy. are an amazing partner. 
amazing partner. And at the time, you were CEO of MedRad. That's right, yeah. And uh, you had your hands filled with lots of things going on with MedRad. Yeah, the MedRad story is a good one. It is. Yeah, I think when I started there, revenues were $3 million. When I left there, revenues were seven hundred and fifty million. So that's what I'm that talking about, John. That's why. That's why. Ride in between. That's why I'm so excited that Huntington Bank they sponsor our Tech Vibe neighborhood tour here at LifeX. And LifeX is like, do you know John Friel? We like to come stop by the show. I'm like, do I know John Friel, the guy that kind of made Medrad Medrad? I'm no, like, of course. Yeah, I'm not the guy that made Medrad. Your team, Medrad employees, are the ones who made Medrad. Of course, of course. Right. You had a lot of. Great we had people. great people. But the buck ended with Many you. Many of them are out there right? listening to Absolutely. this. Absolutely, uh, yeah. The Medrad yeah. employees were awesome. Of course. And you actually have helped spawn, you and Medrad, helped spawn a lot of startup companies. Yeah, there's a lot of Medradians that are now spread around town. Right? Medradians. different uh, companies. Is that yeah. how they're referred to as Medradians? That's the way I refer to That's yeah. cool. <laughs> I love it, man. That's I mean, so that's, that's an amazing gift that keeps on giving. And he was also the board chair at the Tech Council. But let's let's sort of... Dive in a little bit into your new activity. Yeah, you talk about spawning businesses, right? All right. I'm, I'm working with Dr. Hauman again. Dr. Hauman is the guy who founded MedRad. That's He's also so the crazy. Guy who founded yeah. Intech Systems. Right. He's also the guy who right. founded LifeCore, and I was involved in all three of those projects with him. And now you're bringing and the band back together he's again. He's got one more left. Oh my goodness! Uh, Every time so it's he says deja he's not vu all over it. again. I love it. So talk about. This new company. Yeah, so Vascor, uh, first of all, we're developing a, a device that's used to uh, treat heart failure. Ventricular assist device is what they're called. It's an implantable device. And the patients that are candidates for this are uh, patients that uh, are candidates for having a heart transplant. So very sick. Yeah. Uh, they're called class four. Heart failure. That patients. sounds very serious to me. It's very serious. Yeah. These are people who uh, would have a hard time just getting up off the couch and going really? to oh my into the wow. kitchen or whatever. Wow. So very, very sick. And they're, one of the treatments is heart transplant. But there are about 2,000 heart say, transplants done a year in the United States. How many on the list? 100,000? There's Yeah, that's the number. There's Whoa, I, some, I totally you, guessed you that. Guessed right. Wow, I'm pretty good. There's... Uh, <laughs> Some studies that estimate that the number of patients who were candidates to receive a heart transplant could right. number as high as 100,000. That's amazing. So clearly the uh, wow. available hearts, the supply of hearts is outstripped by the demand. So an t- alternative treatment for that is what's called a ventricular assist device. And that's what, uh, what we're, we're developing. developing, right. And... Uh, the, the there is a, there are existing products on the market right now. Uh, there are two companies, uh, big companies, uh, Abbott and Medtronic, and it, it is an existing market. It's a billion dollar market, and there are market forecasts that projected to grow to two billion a year. So it's a very significant uh, market. But the existing VADs that are on the market, they have serious complications. Uh, there's a database, a federally uh, mandated database that every single VAD that's implanted, you have to participate. It's called Intermax. 
So there's data. There's really good data on every single VAD that's ever been implanted. And so the data shows that patients that get a uh, VAD, the one-year incidence of what they call serious adverse events is 72%. Ooh, that so, is it's sounding like yeah, the odds aren't so good on your uh, side there. So it's for patients that are in this situation, right. uh, if they can't get a heart, the alternative treatment is a VAD, but the VADs carry serious risk with them as well. And uh, the FDA has even published a uh, safety uh, letter to the practitioners, the, the hospitals and the folks that do these implants saying, look, we know we approve this. They do extend life, but you need to be really careful because they come right. Such consequences. Right? So where, where Vascor fits in is we have developed a ventricular assist device and came up with a, have come up with a novel technology that deals with the root causes of these serious adverse events. So the adverse events are bleeding, infection, stroke, death, Right, yeah. so oh won't go into all the detail, but just to give right. you an example, one of the one of the causes of these serious adverse events is infection. The infection is caused because the existing VADs have a drive line that supplies power. The drive line penetrates the skin. That's a source. It of creates infection. a space for infection to set okay. in. Right, right, right. The vascular design, we don't have a drive line. We use what's called a transcutaneous energy transfer system which we have a patent on, oh my. and that transfers the energy magnetically. So it's sort of like the, these chargers really? for your phone. Oh, that's so, so cool. It's charging right. through your skin? Right, right. So there's a coil on the inside and then a coil on the outside, and that's how we can supply power to it. So that eliminates the root cause mm-hmm. of the serious adverse event, which is the infection. Well, wow. we have other designs that are similar with the causes of bleeding and the causes of the stroke, etc. We've taken a novel approach that deals with the root cause. Whoops. That is absolutely amazing. I mean, this is like blowing my mind that this type of... Uh, so, yeah. where are you in the process? Where we're at in the process is right now what we need to do is some animal data. We've, we've, uh, we have bench data, uh, mock loop, the device works in the lab. We know it works in the lab, but uh, we now have to prove that it works in vivo. And there are uh, there are those folks who question whether we can actually do what we say we're doing. Right? Of course. Uh, so we have to, to we've documented on the bench, but we have to document it in vivo. In, in is there a lab. timeline for that to happen, or is that? Uh... Well, we're working on that right now. Gotcha. And uh, we're also trying to raise some money. Of oh, course. Good. So anyone who's listening. Feel free to reach out to John Friel, who would like to invest in a guy with whose leadership has had a lot of successful track record. Lots of it. So it's Absolutely. not like Audrey and Jonathan are trying to put this together. No, no, no. This no. is no. This is exciting. It's and this gives these are patients that we can move the patients from a class four, like I mentioned, to what's called class two, and class two are folks that uh, can lead a normal life. They're not going to be playing racquetball every day or running marathons. So they can get out of the couch and they can, yeah. yeah, they can function as sort of a normal. Uh, that's got to n- be not just, heavy exercise. That's got to be just so huge. I mean, I can't imagine if you're a class four. I mean, you're just you're basically staring death in the eyes at that point, and that's to, right. to be at two and be like, no, I can actually, I can live, I can enjoy life. 
And Dr. Like, Howard, amazing. in a you know, typical yeah. fashion, his, his desire here is he wants to see this technology yeah. be right. made available to people. He, he thinks he's got something here. I just find it amazing that you're... Lots of folks. Yeah, so. it's, it's so amazing that you're working with him again. It's like the old band is getting back together again. I think nothing but good things can come from that. Yeah, it's so, funny because I ended up uh, being back in the same office that I was in in 1980 when he first hired me. Oh, my I, goodness. Oh, wow. That is so, so cool. So talk about deja vu, right? So That's cool. so cool. So what can we hear from you, like, in six months? We check back on you because you're the next leg of the We have raised some money, and we have to do the, uh, the animal uh, work is next. Then you get an IDE. Uh, you do clinical, human clinical trials. So you get a PMA, and then you're, it would have the approval. Then you can market the device. So, and we're working with uh, uh, the key uh, institution, uh, University of Louisville. Uh, they are the center, uh, at least east of the Mississippi, uh, who's been involved in all these different uh, heart uh, VAD type projects. Or anything, okay. All right. of the devices that have had uh, to do with uh, cardiac uh, support, uh, they've been involved with. And so they're like number one. Very cool. And we're... We're aligned with them. We're ready to go. So we just uh, we got to raise the money in order to pay for the animals and pay for the lab time and all that kind of stuff. So wow, it's just amazing all the way around. It, only in Pittsburgh can someone like John Freely has been through so many companies, built such success, built great teams, and now you're back to your roots, <laughs> which right. is so cool. Going all the way around and then being here. So what do you think? I've got a couple minutes left. Of, of, of resources like LifeX, where we're hosting the show tonight, well, to help these companies move forward. Yeah, LifeX, we're fortunate to be one of the uh, portfolio companies uh, for LifeX. And, you know, their role is uh, as incubator. They help uh, companies to design and staff up and raise money to advance the different uh, technologies. Uh, where they're going to help us, in particular, uh, the interest that we wanted to why we wanted to work with the LifeX folks is they're, they're going to help us with the fundraising efforts. Exactly. You know, they're very well connected right. with a lot of uh, companies. Raising money for medical devices isn't the same as it was 20 years ago. Uh, with the FDA risk, long timelines, there are alternate shorter return on investment investments that uh, 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 companies or uh, um, venture capital can can make. So... Uh, the LifeX folks are very well connected with those companies that are still uh, willing to and understand the risks and are making investments in medical device companies. Absolutely. So that's primarily where they're going to help us out. Great stuff. So cool being here at LifeX, bringing you this show. Great. I feel like I'm at the epicenter where some of the cool stuff is happening. John Friel from Vascor, an absolute veteran of all things life sciences in the Pittsburgh region. Such a pleasure to have you on the show tonight, Joe. It's a to be here. Thanks Just for asking me. Just love it. And once again, our thanks to Huntington Bank for hosting our Tech Vibe neighborhood tour here at LifeX. I mean, it's just an amazing place to be, and so glad we would be part of it, Audrey. Simple as that. So cool, cool, cool. Yeah. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, and we're in a bit of awe right now. And uh, yeah. we'll see you next week on the air, that's for sure. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.